With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Thursday, September 22nd. And as expected, the Federal Reserve did raise the short-term benchmark lending rate by three quarters of a percentage point. That matches the increase at the previous two meetings. We now have a Fed funds range of three to three and a quarter percent. We haven't seen that since February of 2008. In their economic projections, it's clear the central bank is not stopping there. We're going to probably get another one and a quarter percentage points in the last two meetings of the year. There's one in November. There's one in December. There's going to be more increases in 2023. It's going to be high interest rates for a while. So uh, savers, how's that happy dance feeling, right? You're feeling good. You get more interest on your checking, your savings, your CDs, your money market rates. Uh, Don't forget that You go online and use those institutions or those aggregation sites like depositaccounts.com to find higher rates. This action doesn't impact the I-bonds, but remember, they are paying 9.62% through October. Now, if you're a borrower, you're bummed. I get it. Credit card balances cost more. Auto loans will cost more. Adjustable rate mortgages will cost more um, because they'll adjust. Small business loans, they're going to be more expensive. Uh, Mortgage rates have already jumped. So all of this is, you know, kind of rough if you're a borrower. But uh, again, it's as expected. I think that maybe the one thing that was unexpected was in his press conference and in the economic projections, in the statement, it's clear the Fed gets that they are dealing with this elevated inflation right now and into the future and that there are going to be ongoing rate increases for a while. They have a reduction in rates uh, as of 2024. We'll see. They always get those longer-term projections wrong. Economy's not going to grow as much. They kind of get it. They get it now. It's like they kind of woke up, someone slapped them across the face and said, okay, come on now, let's do this. Uh, As a result of all of this, I don't know why, stocks fell, you know, one and a half ish percent, a little more. Who knows why? It's hard for me to understand in a short term why markets sell off on a day to day. You know, if the stock market collapsed by 5% in a day and then rallies by a few percent the next day, I don't know what moves these folks. All I know is that for you and me, normal people who are managing our financial lives, keep on keeping on. You know, you're putting money into your retirement accounts. You're putting money into your brokerage accounts. Stocks go down. You buy it at a cheaper level. 
bond prices go down, you're buying bonds at cheaper levels. So all of this for long-term investors is just fine. It's just fine. So if you're freaked out, of course, go to our website, jillonmoney.com, hit the contact us button. We'll walk you through whatever is going on. Okay. So now that's that. This is uh, also the first time that Mark and I are together since the 275 mile bicycle ride that I did called Cycle for the Cause and that so many of you actually helped support. And I'm so grateful for that. So, Mark, as you predicted, you survived. I survived and rode each one of those 275 miles. Was there any point when you thought you were going to have to tap out? No, there is actually no point when I thought I had to call it quits. But there are a few things that I learned that are really instructive. Number one, training was so worth it because there were people who did have to tap out who just didn't train enough. They just didn't. And, you know, there's really nothing to say about that except, you know, people's lives are busy. Things are hard in your life. And, you know, it's hard to make the time. But don't try to do this at home unless you have trained quite a bit. It's like showing up to a marathon without doing any running. Yeah. I mean, which is okay if you're like 15 years old and you've ridden, you know, and you can actually, you know, pull it out somehow or other. Not the case for me. Also, I'm such a complete whack job. And anyone who listens to this program knows this, that like the idea of not planning for something like this, completely antithetical to who I am. Uh, Second thing. Sponsor of the pod Peloton, incredibly helpful for the training. You know, I I said that I felt like uh, because my mother-in-law died in August and we had a lot of time, you know, between her illness and her funeral and all that, I didn't have a lot of time outside on my bike in August. And so that meant that I really jammed on my Peloton and it was amazing. I mean, it really did help. So Thank you to Christine Derek Hall, to Dennis Morton, to Matt Wilpers, uh, and Olivia D'Amato, who, no, it's Olivia Amato, right? That's her name. Olivia Amato. I don't take her classes, but other people who are riding are huge fans of Olivia. So all four of them who do the Power Zone classes at Peloton, thank you. The other last bit I will say is a lot of doing an endurance ride is not unlike managing your financial life. It is a total slow and steady wins the race. And you can do a number on yourself emotionally, and you can also kind of rely on your team to help pull you along. I had a fantastic team. I was riding with my girlfriend's employer, which is Morgan Stanley. And I rode with the Morgan Stanley team and because CBS didn't have a team. And it was uh, just absolutely heartening to be part of a team that could really bring you along. And it was an amazing experience, Mark. It really was. What did you think of the, like every day I sent Mark, like day one over, were you ever in doubt? Tell me the truth. Was I ever in doubt? No, not for one second. I was looking online because I was trying to find where was the finish line in New York City? Oh, it was uh, Pier 84. I would have told you to show up, but I had no freaking idea when we actually were going to get there. Also, I broke like my Apple health thing. I think it was so funny. It was so many miles. So like I did the first day was 88 miles and that took about six and a half hours of riding time. I got off all the time. Like every single time there was a rest stop. There were people who were like, oh, I'm not going to stop. 
I don't know how they did it. I got off every time. I did a little stretch. I drank. I really don't want to ever have peanut butter or bananas for a long, long time because that's what you eat when you get off. And okay, so that was day one was 88 miles, six hours and 35 minutes of riding time. Day two, you ready, Mark? It was 102 miles, seven hours, 48 minutes of ride time. Thank God you had some good weather. It was amazing weather. And then Sunday was 82 miles, six hours and 16 minutes of ride time. Now, here's the freaky thing about uh, the Sunday part of the ride. And this is basically through New England down into New York City. You come into the city and you come in at the top of Manhattan from the Bronx and you're like weaving your way with like 12 riders through Washington Heights and Upper Broadway and all of this. It's hysterical, absolutely hysterical. So, okay, it's done. I'm going to stop talking about it. And again, I I really, I'm so grateful. I just want to say some of the people who donated, people who are listeners, who just wrote me such great notes. And I mean, it really means so much to me. Oh, and by the way, just to be clear, I did not beat my brother-in-law. Do you know why? Because I'm nice, because I totally could have. So right now I'm in first place, but I on Sunday when we came in, you know what? I was like, hmm, I don't need to do this right now because all I needed to do was send out one email Sunday morning to say, I'm almost there, support me. And I did it on Monday morning instead. So, you know, he won the top fundraising. It was fine. And he didn't get to finish the ride because he really wasn't feeling well. So I figured I'm not going to do that to him. He won fair and square as of Sunday, but I am in the lead right now as we speak. So you think you're going to do it again next year? I, I don't know um, sort of what the game plan is, because there is part of me that thinks that the ride's just too long. You know, I'm glad I did it. I trained, but I really want more people to feel like they can participate in it. And it's just kind of like um it's daunting if you see 275 miles, even if you know, well, oh, I know I don't have to do the whole thing. I feel like it's a little bit too big of an undertaking. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to the board. I'm sort of feeling like maybe we ought to scale it back and just make it more accessible. Plus, you got, it takes a long time. You had to take Thursday off, Friday off, and Saturday and Sunday. You know, So that's a long time for people who are you know, responsible for kids or parents. You know, it's just a long chunk of time. So I'm not sure. Or maybe you do individual rides in different cities around the country. Well, I mean, that happens anyway. You know, this is this is the New York ride. There's a California ride, which is even longer. It's like L.A. This is crazy. It's L.A. to San Francisco. It's seven days and like five hundred and seventy miles or six days. Who has time to do that? And yeah. And you sleep in tents. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think I'm done now. Let me just stop talking about this. But it was amazing. I love my community. I am so grateful for you all. And you know, I don't know how to give back except to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I do not. I really, Mark, it's like the most gratifying thing when I saw, I think it was on Friday morning I was leaving and someone said, good luck on the ride. It was a $5 donation from a Jill on Money listener. And I almost started to cry. I was really touched. I really was like, I'm just, I am grateful for all of you, especially you, Mark, of course, but all thems too. Okay. Not everyone in the world is a bad person. There are some good people out there. We happen to attract a lot of them. I have to be honest with you. We really do. All right, let's do some emails. How about that? If you've got a financial question, you know the drill. Go to the website, jillonmoney.com. 
jillonmoney.com. There is no longer a link to cycle for the cause. Karen was very, she's like, that's off. Let's go. She is now clearing the pathway so that we can um, make sure that the pre-order for the new book is a, like front and center. So the Great Money Reset is available for pre-order. Check it out. It is really is inspired by you guys. Okay. Let's do some emails, Mark. It's uh, This is Dave who says, I've got a 401k from an old job. I started my own business a few years ago, and I still have my 401k from the other job, and I haven't contributed to it since I left. Should I keep it or move the money somewhere else and begin contributing again? Okay, so there's a few questions I would have. Number one is, is the 401k at a provider that's decent? And if it's a decent provider, I might keep it where it is. If you're thinking about, you know, you started your own business, I don't know what kind of for what kind of retirement plan you're considering, because on one hand, you know, sure, you could have an IRA rollover and then you could start your own, maybe a SEP IRA or maybe it's a Roth IRA or a uni 401k. But a lot of this depends on just how successful this business is and what you can afford to contribute. So. For the time being, if it's a decent plan, if it's a Fidelity or if it's a Vanguard or it's a Shrub. Oh, by the way, I got spanked by someone on the ride who works at Morgan Stanley because I forgot Morgan Stanley bought E-Trade. And they're like, you never mentioned E-Trade when you drill down in the podcast. And yes, of course, E-Trade is also a viable option. So I'm going to do that because, you know, I want to be inclusive. If it's a, it's a low cost provider that gives you access to index funds, then keep it. And otherwise, then let's consider whether you should roll it over. And another benefit to leaving it as a 401k is that if you want to do any sort of Roth conversion from anything else, that's not counted. So I think just leave it where it is until further notice. How about that? Till we figure it out. Okay. This is a long email, Mark. Good thing I've got my peppermint tea right by my side. Hi, Jill and Mark. I've been having a debate with a coworker. I live in California and he lives in Illinois. I love the 401, my Roth 401k option that the company offers. He does not. He likes the traditional. He says that in Illinois, money taken out of a 401k and IRAs is not taxed by the state. So he thinks it's more advantageous to contribute to the traditional. I like the idea of paying taxes now when I can afford them and hopefully avoiding problems with tax bills and RMDs, required minimum distributions later in life. Okay, let's say that we are, well, this is an argument between two generic employees and that one is California-based, which has a high state income tax. One is Illinois with a moderate state income tax, about 5%. Both are single. Both have annual income, uh, let's say as low as 87000 or as high as 350,000. They're basically in the 24. Well, you know, just consider this. The the brackets break for individuals at 24%, then 32, then 35. So just think about that. Just think we can pay taxes at 24, 32, 35 and then state taxes on top of that. Both generic employees have enough income to pay taxes that are required now if using the Roth both are 30 to 55. That's a big range. Let me just say that. Both plan on remaining in their states when they retire. Both save like crazy. Several million dollars in today's dollars in their 401k accounts when they retire is most likely. 
Roth is new. Most of the money they have both saved to date is in traditional. Both contribute the maximum to Roth IRAs or non-deductible IRAs. They, they So they both are putting an extra six, maybe 7,000, I don't know if they're over 50 yet, into a Roth or a backdoor Roth. Plan on retirement at 65. Both have estate documents in place. And they both did it because they are afraid that Jill will ask about this. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that ta- taxes are not certain. Here's the question. You ready, Mark? Is the Roth a less good idea in Illinois due to the state exemption on the 401k contributions? Illinois is one of the least tax-friendly states for retirees. However, it's the only Midwestern state that exempts 401k, IRA, and pension income from tax. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so they don't have to pay the tax. They don't have to pay the income tax. The only thing that the Illinois person has to do is pay federal tax when it's withdrawn. Okay. Is it a less good? Well, it doesn't work as well in Illinois, but we still have the problem of your federal taxes. So that's, that's also an actual problem. Two, is there an income level when contributing to a Roth really doesn't make sense? I.e., you know, when you're paying a big tax, you know, it depends. Here's why. I think because both of you have so much money, so much money that hasn't yet been taxed, it really does raise the risk of what if federal rates go up. Let's say today you're paying 24%, 32%, 35%. And let's say it's, you know, 10, 15, or 20 years from now, and those rates start jumping up above 40, then you've made a bad decision, right? So one thing to consider is just to hedge your bets. So some of the money has already been taxed. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. I guess in my mind, I would say this, the Illinois person in the year where you're making less money, and the same thing, by the way, when you're talking about a high tax state, right? Like California or New York, my hope would be that if you're in a year when you're not making as much money and hopefully you figure out when that year is and you know that in advance, you do the Roth. And if a ton and ton and tons of your money is already pre-taxed, then maybe also do some in the Roth. I don't think there's an absolute on this. It also kind of depends on other things going on in your life. So what is your take on that, Mark? Well, my take is that the the email says both can pay the taxes now, no problem. And both expect to have several millions of dollars come retirement. For me, the bigger thing is the RMDs. I just want to eliminate those RMDs because if you're going to have several million dollars, you're going to be forced to pull out a lot of money each year. Right. So just to give everybody a little bit of, I think, some some numbers around that. Let's say we have, let's say, 72, age 72. How much money are we going to say? Three and a half. Three and a half million dollars. You're 72 years old. You got to pull 227,000 bucks out of the account and have it taxed. And you don't know what rate it's going to be. And you have to. You have no choice. No choice. No choice. That's rough. That's the key. That's the biggest thing for me in terms of uh, going Roth or pre-tax. It's the uncertainty. And also like, you know, if you already have all of this money that's been in the pre-tax environment, why not, I don't know, like split the difference, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, so that's where I come down. I think the certainty factor is big for me. 
Jill and Mark, this is a question from Jody. This is a nice way to start a message. Your podcast has been invaluable in our pre-retirement phase of planning. I rarely miss an episode. Well, thank you very much, Jody. Okay, here's a question. Jody says, I am fortunate to have a pension. Yay! And I need to make a decision about the annuity versus lump sum. In order to receive the lump sum in kind to an IRA, would you advise setting up a separate IRA from my spouse's? By the way, let's be clear. Every retirement account can have one social security number. That's it. So every retirement account is only in one person's name, individual retirement account. So Jody has a 403B with a combination of pre-tax and Roth. And my spouse has an IRA and a Roth. They're both recently retired from W-2 as W-2 employees, but they're going to have income part-time. I'm 60. My spouse is 62. Social security decisions are pending. We would prefer to delay as long as possible. So let's do this first. Yes, delay as long as possible. Use your whatever your part-time income is to support yourselves. Okay. So just from the old retirement accounts, remember, like tax treatment to like tax treatment. So you can go from a 401k into an IRA rollover, and you can go from a Roth 401k into a Roth IRA, and they remain separate. You and your spouse will have separate numbers. The pension, the pension is a different issue. I mean, there are probably different pension options. So I'd like to know what your options are, and I'd like to know how much money you guys have outside of retirement and whether you can kind of live on this pension income. Usually we do like that nice annuity, but it kind of depends where you work and what your situation is. Okay. But I'm going to lean yes. Okay. Last question of the day. Ruth says, I have a home equity loan for one. No, she, I think she's, wait a second. I have a home equity loan. I wonder if she means line of credit because she says it's for $100,000 and I have used 65000 and it's 10 years old. It's going to mature in September of next year. Okay, Ruth says, I recently approached the bank to continue with a new loan when this one ends. They responded, no, because of insufficient income. I've never missed a payment or been late. Can you recommend an advisor to discuss this? I don't require ongoing assistance. I need direction. Should I look at other institutions? I don't think I'm a bad risk. I've always made my payments. I'm a senior. I could use some help with when and what to do. Huh. So she's got 65 grand out on this loan. So number one is what's the house worth? Number two is what other assets do you have? And number three is, yeah, I mean, I'd go look around. I would look at online lenders. I would look at former podcast supporter. um, What the heck is their name? Marcus. I lost that for a second. If you're good risk, then maybe you can get a personal loan. Um, but this is going to be interesting because a lot of these lines of credits and equity loans that were underwritten under different terms at a different time do have risk in them. And this is one of those risks. So we need more information, but I think that's kind of where we would look at you going next, Ruth. And I'm not sure you need an advisor. We do need some options as to what you could do with this outstanding note. Okay. All right. I think that's it, Mark. That was a long episode, wasn't it? A lot to digest. If you have a financial question, if you have some insight as to 
whether your state is a good or bad place to retire beyond taxes. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, whatever's going on financially in your life, we'd like to hear from you. All you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Mark does everything else. Don't forget to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's right there uh, on the front door. You can do it. Mark does a great job every single Friday. And if you have a chance, leave us a rating and review on Apple. Someone's going to be like, stop talking about your stupid ride, Jill. Okay, it's over. We're going to stop talking about it, I promise. If you want to do something really great today, do something nice for someone else today. You know what I did this morning, Mark? Let me tell you what I did. A guy was walking in the park and he comes to me. He goes, oh my God, I don't have any bags and my dog just made a poop. And I said, here, take a bag and take an extra one. That's a big dog. That was my nice thing for the day. Don't forget to just do something nice for someone else, really. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.